Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. William Sunday lived in a two-room log cabin in Ames, Iowa, with his wife Mary Jane, his two sons, and a third child on the way. As their country fought the Civil War in 1862, William and his wife agreed that it was their patriotic duty for him to enlist. Four months after William went off to fight, another son was born, and in honor of her fighting husband, Mary Jane Sunday named her newborn son William. Not long after baby William was born, Mary Jane received word that her husband had died of disease. For years after that, in extreme poverty, Mrs. Sunday struggled to raise her three boys alone. But there came a point when William was 12 years old that she knew that their only chance at survival was to send her two youngest sons off to the soldiers' orphanage in Glenwood, Iowa. Mrs. Sunday wept as she said goodbye and put them on the train. While he was at the orphanage, young Billy Sunday received some schooling, but he never graduated. He had gotten a job, and working took his attention away from learning. Late in his teens, Billy became a local celebrity in Marshalltown, Iowa, playing baseball. He was known for his amazing base running speed. In 1883, when Billy was 20, Pop Anson, who was from Marshalltown, attended one of Billy's games. Pop Anson was a future baseball Hall of Famer, and captain of the Chicago White Stockings, which later became the Chicago Cubs. Anson was so impressed with Billy's speed that he offered to bring him to the big leagues. Before Billy Sunday was 21 years old, he was playing baseball in Chicago. He never distinguished himself with the bat. He struck out the first 13 times he came to the plate. But his speed on the bases made Billy Sunday a crowd favorite. He was the first man in baseball history to run the bases in 14 seconds. When he would hit a routine ground ball, the infielders would shout, Hurry up! Because they knew Billy's running could turn an out into a base hit. One sports writer said that his speed in getting to first base often caused good infielders to throw the ball away in their rush to try to get him out. Billy spent a total of eight years playing baseball in the big leagues. He was popular with the fans and with his fellow players. One Sunday afternoon in the fall of 1887, when Billy had been playing ball for four years, he and some other ball players were walking the streets of downtown Chicago together. They all went into a bar and got drunk, and then they stumbled back out onto the street together and sat down on a curb at the corner of State and Madison Streets. Across the street from where they were sitting, a group of people was playing instruments and singing hymns. The songs took Billy back to the log cabin where he was raised, and he began to envision his sweet Christian mother singing to him. As the group continued to play and sing, he pictured the little country church where he used to go to Sunday school. He saw the faces of the people that he used to know there. Sitting on the curb, listening to those gospel hymns, Billy began to sob uncontrollably. As he continued to weep, a young man from the group walked over and said, Sir, we're headed down to the Pacific Garden Mission. Do you want to come with us? I think you'd enjoy it. You'll hear drunkards tell how they were delivered from the bottle, and young ladies testify of how they were saved from life in the red light district. Please join us. 
Billy Sunday stood up from the curb, turned to his teammates, and said, I'm through. I'm going to Jesus Christ. As he turned and walked away, he heard a couple of his buddies mock him and a couple of others encourage him. He sat in the service and heard the gospel. Then a kind lady named Sarah Dunn Clark, the wife of the founder of the mission, talked to Billy about salvation and prayed with him. That night, the young baseball player made the Lord Jesus Christ his Savior. Billy went home, but he couldn't sleep that night, partly because of his joy over being saved and partly out of the fear of facing his teammates the next morning at practice. He walked onto the field at 10 o'clock that Monday, and to his surprise, every player he talked to congratulated him and encouraged him. Billy Sunday played baseball for another four years, and as his teammates watched him grow in his love and zeal for the Lord, they knew that what he had was real. Billy was invited often to give his testimony at the YMCA. As time went on, he refused to play ball on Sunday, and his team honored that decision. After five years in Chicago, he played for Pittsburgh, then for Philadelphia. At the end of his eighth season, Billy felt like he should serve the Lord full-time. He told the Lord that if he could get out of his current contract by March 25th, he would take that as a sign that he should quit baseball and go into evangelism. On March 17th, the president of the team told him that he was released from his contract. Shortly after that, another team owner offered Billy $500 a month for the seven-month season to play for his team. But Billy had already made his decision. He walked away from $500 a month in 1891 to work for the YMCA for $83.33 a month. Of course, Billy Sunday would go on to be one of the most impactful evangelists in American history, preaching to massive crowds night after night for years all across America and seeing countless souls turn to Christ for salvation. Christian, Jesus Christ can transform anyone. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you. So dear Christians, stay the